career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, it is time once again for 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, the show where we go and we go to places and talk about stuff that, yes, you guys don't really want to talk about, but you know you need to be talking about. So we're going to talk about some real stuff today, but really quickly before we dive in, those of you who've been listeners for a while know that every month we have our monthly chat and gosh, I can't believe it's already August here already. And we're going to be having one in September. So September 1st is the next one. They are at 6 p.m. in the evening on a Tuesday night. And if you're interested in being part of that, go to 40 plus men's chats. So you can do the four zero or you can do 40, write it out, plus men's chats. Make sure it's men's, M-E-N-S, and chats, C-H-A-T-S. And you can dive in, join us. We have great conversations over there. And we do literally talk about the shit you guys don't want to talk about. So anyway, we're going to dive in today because I feel like there's something that happens to all of us. I'm a little bit ahead of the curve probably than some of you guys. I am well, kind of on the curb of midlife. And I did go through my midlife crisis, which I didn't think I would ever have. But um, sometimes we get to that space and then we don't know how to deal with it. And we didn't even see it coming. And some of us even go, I never even had to think about a decision about what I'm doing and where I'm going next. And today's guest, his name is David Hooper. And as we do in the podcasting world, we kind of just like, well, I'm going to be real honest. We just kind of slut ourselves out to one another on our podcast and say, hey, would you come be on mine? I'll come be on yours and all that good stuff. But um, David's an amazing guy. He's a marketing guy. He has a podcast and a book and everything called Big Podcast. And he kind of got to this because, well, he just couldn't. Well, I'm going to let him tell you. He couldn't, couldn't make it, so to speak, but it wasn't because he couldn't make it. And I want him to tell the story of what happens when you hit midlife and you're like, I never had to make this decision myself. So welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you, Rick. Glad to be here. Yeah. So it's your show now. I kind of set you up. You just tell the story. I'm going to go sit back and drink a beer while you're <laughs> talking here. Okay, man. So, um, but yeah, you had like some of us, like a moment in time where suddenly everything kind of goes, okay, now what? But um, yep. so let's, let's kind of talk about, you know, where that started and um, kind of see where we come together because I've got some stuff I know is going to come up as you start sharing. I'm going to go, mm-hmm, yep, got it. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, to set things up, I was born in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I did my first recording session when I was five years old. It was a kid's album yep. and I was a vocalist on it. They needed some kids' voices and hey, go to the recording studio. Let's get Dave. I was in a program called Kinder Music and this is kindergarten, literally, and yeah. had done music 20 years afterwards. I went to school for music. Again, growing up in Nashville, I saw that it could be done, so I pursued it. I've been a performing musician. I worked in music marketing for a number of years. And after about 25 years of working in the industry, I, it just wasn't fun anymore. And I never thought that it wouldn't be not fun. And I never thought that, I just didn't think much about it because I grew up loving it. 
and it gave me a voice. It was everything that I liked and I could be creative. I could write and I could record. I didn't really care for the performing so much, but I liked the people. There was just a sense of freedom, that kind of rebelliousness, like, hey, we get to do something nobody gets to do. And then it got to the point where I felt like I was working in a factory. Hmm. So then what? Yeah. Day in, day out, same thing. And then boom, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you work so hard to get to a level where you're making money or where you can, I guess, feel successful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've ever felt successful. Somebody asked me that earlier today. I'm like, "Mm, thanks for describing me as that. (laughs) But the inside is always different from the outside, right? Right, right. And uh, same thing with the, the fun element. It's weird when you're working in an industry like entertainment that people come up to me and, oh man, that must be so cool. Oh man, do you know any famous people? Mm-hmm. Oh, can you tell me some stories? And you can, and you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. But it, again, inside is different from the outside. I just got to the point where it wasn't working for me anymore. And, and really a lot of that was, I just needed new challenges. But I, I, as you mentioned, I guess I didn't have to make that decision of what those new challenges would be. I always had it in front of me ever since I was a kid. But I think for most of us guys, if we would take the deep breath like I just did and admit when we hit these roadblocks, it's because we need some challenges or we're feeling challenged by something and then we get frustrated and we don't think we can move forward. So it's, it's like a crisis in its own way. I mean, I hit mine when I turned 50 and gosh, that was seven years ago now. And simultaneously, I turned 50 my oldest daughter went off to college and my youngest daughter started high school. And I had never been a guy like, eh, you know, I'm going to be cool. I'm never going to have this thing. I watched my dad go through it when he turned 30, which I'm like, really? I hit 30 dad and things were pretty cool. 40. I loved my forties. I hear that. And then suddenly the five Oh hit and I was a mess and I was doing pretty good with my business. I wasn't like, you know, (laughs) I wasn't like kicking back and, you know, going to make it for life, but I wasn't hurting. And I just, I couldn't move forward. And it was because I suddenly was like thinking over and over and over again, what's next? But there wasn't any big crisis per se that was driving this. I just was like, what's next? Something's got to happen. Something's got to go. And it feels like to me, your what next was slightly different because here you've been in this business all along and then suddenly, not sure this is where I want to be at all. Yeah. I mean, part of that was the business change. The business right. I got into in the 1990s, you, know, you think about what we call the record business. I mean, it was literal records, vinyl records, and then CDs and the digital thing happened. And you know, and now musicians have to be really good looking. They can't be the awkward, weird right. folks that we used to see in the early MTV right, right. <laughs> before exactly. those careers got killed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Part of it was just that, but part of it was was just me, I guess, wanting to have uh, a purpose or feel like I was doing more than making stupid people famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not that all musicians are stupid or even right. idiots. Some of them are really amazing people, but they're certainly there was some babysitting that needed to happen. You're like, oh, brother, this again. It's, right, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's an onion. You, you keep peeling the layers like, okay, more of this. You just became part of something that you didn't want to maybe become part of. However, I think you just said something I don't want us to miss. This is what happens to many people, but specifically to guys 
we become something part of something that we really didn't want to be a part of, you know, suddenly the money's really good or the position's really good and you're climbing the ladder. And then suddenly one day you wake up and it's like, not feeling it isn't here, you know, and, and whether it's work or a relationship or, you know, I had a friend I was talking to the other day and, and he said, you know, <laughs> I never realized how much I really, really wasn't feeling the gym until the COVID thing hit. And yeah. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, you're a freaking Adonis, man. I mean, <laughs> you, you, what are you talking about? And he was like Jim, you know, like Jim buddy, big time, like always there. And he said, yeah, until I couldn't get there, he goes, I suddenly realized I was just in this rep repetitive, habitual this is what I do. And he goes, and I'm not saying I don't want to be in shape, but I, I'm not getting the joy out of it anymore. Yeah. And I was kind of blown away by that. Of course, I'm like, well then give me that body. I'll, I'll gladly, you know, <laughs> I'll take that over for a little bit. Let's see how that one feels for a change, you know? But, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> as you, as you started to work through this man, I, I feel like if you, and I went through this in 2006, cause that's, August 2006 was the last time I ever quote unquote worked for anybody again. Yes, I have my own business. So I work for people, but I wasn't, I wasn't showing up. I wasn't helping somebody else grow their business. And it was in that moment. I'm like, okay, now what? I have yeah. all this talent. I know this stuff, but the more I started thinking about it, I'm like, this doesn't feel right to go forward doing the same stuff I'm doing. And so there's like this interesting like reinvention piece that has to start to happen. So what was that reinvention like nudge or trigger that you started feeling? I don't know. I, I think for me, it was like, I started working with independent musicians. I mean, you kind of work your way up, right? You've right. got a right. different level of talent. And I think that when you're working on that level, if I could help somebody sell 10,000 records, we, we call them records. We, what I mean is CDs, right, now it's right, digital yeah. downloads. We still right. call them records in that industry. If I could sell them, uh, sell 10,000 units records, that was life-changing to them. Yep. Whereas you get to a point, I think, where it's just stacks of money on a bigger stack of money. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're like, don't you... You know, don't you realize this? Don't you realize how cool music is? Because coming as a musician myself, don't you realize that you're lucky to be here? Right. And people didn't, and people didn't appreciate the 10,000 records or even 100,000 or a million records for some of those guys. They just were what I call hungry ghosts. It's like you just keep yep. feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. And just, it's not a very, you know, you feel like your work doesn't matter, I mm -hmm. think, because they mm -hmm. don't think that it matters. Yep. And I think I also got deeper as a person. It's funny you mentioned the gym because I had to go through that about two months ago. I've got my, what I call prison workout now, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been in the gym for 30 years yep. and I was forced to make that decision. What am I going to do now to stay fit? And music industry switch was very similar to that as well. It's like, uh, what am I going to do now to feel like I'm making a difference? Because what I was doing is no longer possible or it's no longer working for me. Mm -hmm. and like you, I felt like, like I, I felt like there was something inside. Like I know something's in there. So let's take a look at my talents. But you know that process was really interesting because I, I thought it would be easy. I thought it would be easy. I'd look at people who'd been through it before. I'm like, come on, get it together. Like I'm really good at seeing their talents, maybe not necessarily my own. But it took a few years. It took 
uh, probably four or five years to make the full transition to what I'm doing now. And that's much longer than I would have imagined. But I also think it sounds like you and I went through a similar thing. So I got laid off in 2006 and that was the second layoff in like six years. I got laid off in 99 then laid off in 2006. So yeah, I'm, I'm just a dumb shit. I don't know how to do anything. That's why the layoffs kidding, of course. But I was the guy that they're like, Hey, you can go survive. You're good. You know? And, and I could, I could have like, if I really, that second time, if I really probably wanted to go kick back in, I could have, but I knew then I'm like, this isn't no, no more. Can't do this. Mm -hmm. Can't go build somebody else's business. And even though I was high up in both businesses, I'm like, no, not, I just can't do that anymore. And it took me about four. So 2006, yeah, 2009 is when I finally said, I'm going to go get certified as a coach. It still took another year or so before I'm like, okay, this is the path I'm taking. Cause I had clients and I was doing marketing and branding stuff. Cause that's my background. But in that four or five, almost four years for me, I needed that four years to kind of figure it out, trust myself, grow into this concept of I'm going to truly be a solopreneur and I'm going to go carve my own path. And there was yeah. so much learning along the way and, and a lot of, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. There's not going to be money, you know, da, 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 da. Oh yeah. But I don't know that if it had been given any less amount of time that it would have been any different. I could have gone at it for two years or a year. I think I would have gone through all those same emotions and experiences. And sometimes I also think that it, if it hadn't taken as long as it did, I might've probably done something and then got, actually gone to a worse space. Like, okay, let's jump at this. This is it. And then like put a bunch of money into stuff. And then suddenly I lose everything. So I, I feel a little bit blessed that it took me that four years or so to like figure this all out. So what was 100%. I think if you, Sometimes we get lucky and you get into that next thing really quickly, but then right. I would have been back in the same situation that I got in the first time where I got lucky and just knew what I wanted to do from birth. Right. So I think by going through the process at this point now, if I ever have to go through it again, mm -hmm. I'll know that it's okay. If I have my, what, three quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just about crisis done here now. Right. Everything has right. gone out in 2020. I'm like, okay, can we just put the crisis plug back in? We're done. We're good. Um, yeah, but, but there's something about getting through it, right? Where you know, oh, like, yeah. I was in a head-on car accident three years ago. Wow. And that's devastating. It's painful and whatever, but there's something about walking away from that. It makes you even more powerful. Mm -hmm. It's like, this didn't kill me. Like yeah. you can maybe punch the gas a little bit harder next time, knowing that right. you'll be okay. Don't yeah. have to play it as safe. Not that you want to go through it, but no. if you had to, you could. I, I'm glad you brought that up because not that, not that Dave or I either want any of you to have a head on crash. And I'm going to talk about, I had a stroke last year. Don't want any of you to have that, but it changes perspectives pretty damn quick. Yeah. yeah. Because you can see, okay, I walked away from that. I woke up, had a stroke. Went to the hospital. Within 24 hours, I was like, okay, you're, you're good. We can't really find anything. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay, well. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was very blessed. It was a, a very interesting situation where, you know, I still yeah. think about like, okay, is it going to, obviously, once you've had a stroke, they say, you know, the chances are higher. But I, I, did, I had an ocular stroke, so it was all in my eye. It wasn't, my heart was fine and, all, and the doctors all kind of. I felt like I was one of those, well, this is an interesting specimen. 
Yeah, right. You know, it's kind of even more scary. Maybe, they're all right? staring because, at me like, okay, yeah. well, we've checked this, we've checked this, we've checked this. And I'm like, really? Okay. So, but, um, but it does, it gives you that perspective, man. And I, I encourage guys who are like thinking about the midlife crisis to think about, I actually don't like using that term crisis, but like that midlife, whatever you want to restart. It's an know, opportunity. Yeah. The midlife opportunity because it's being given to you for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's given, it's that thing of, okay, you got this far. And one of the things I've learned, David, that I've had a lot of, okay. I, yeah, I've had an interesting career because I was in hospitality for the, I would say hospitality industry for the majority of my professional career. Everything from frontline service to running food and beverage operations at colleges and doing restaurants and all that stuff. Then I flipped to the other side, which was the whole side of being a vendor. So software and all that stuff. But it's so interesting now as I sit here running my own business that I can sit here and go, oh, yes, I learned that when I was working the front line. <laughs> you know, serving food. Oh, yeah. Yes. I learned that when I was doing this in the song. Oh yeah. I learned that, you know, it's so interesting to watch the culminations come together, you know, and I know for, mm -hmm. so you, you kind of, let's talk about a little bit what you now do. You were in the music business and then you kind of went into radio and then now you're doing podcasting stuff. I'm sure you see the interconnections and the dots connected all the time on how. Yeah. Well, definitely. And, and I also see what you're talking about, those skills that you have developed over the years, like going through this whole COVID-19 coronavirus deal. My wife is also self-employed. She's a photographer. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it. She's a, 10 years younger than me. She's still in her 30s. But we talk about having been self-employed since our 20s, both of us, right. like coming to this crisis, if you will. What, did you use that word again? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, we have some skill sets that I don't know if I would have been able to do it without those skill sets yep. from a mental standpoint. Now from a skill standpoint, what I still do, I focus on media marketing, helping people spread a message specifically right. via podcasting, also via broadcasting. That's the same thing that I was doing in the music industry. Mm -hmm. I was helping somebody to fill seats. I was helping somebody to sell units. We call them records. Yep. You may call yep. them something else, audiobooks or whatever. I'm helping somebody to make money the difference for me, though, and I think why it's engaging, it's, it's not a huge you know, change in what I was doing, but it's 1%, 2% is that I can talk to people like you, Rick. I can talk to other people that I feel have maybe a more, um, it's more than just entertainment. It's, yeah. it's a, and not the entertainment can't be life-changing, but what you're doing for men, uh, especially gay men, I mean, how, how liberating is that to help them be who they are. When you can help yeah. somebody be who they are, mm -hmm. there's not much more important work in my opinion. Yeah. And I well, get to it, work with people like that. And I think like that's you. the thing is to see, to see what, why you got brought to where you got brought. If somebody mm -hmm. had told, and maybe I, I'm going to kind of venture out that maybe this is similar for you. If somebody had told me in 1999, when I finally said, okay, <laughs> truth out, I'm gay you know, and the divorce and all that stuff. If somebody had told me in that moment that this is going to lead you to being a podcaster and you're going to write a book and you're going to coach people on coming out of the closet and you're going to have a voice and you're going to be seen on national TV, I would have said, uh-uh, no how, no way. This is not what I'm about. <laughs> and yet here I am 20 years later. This is, yeah. it's kind of like everything that, I mean, and now it's not just about the gay men piece because my overall brand is about helping people realize everybody's got closets 
and right. how to step out of yours, you know? And right. so it's such an interesting journey we get to take and that we get delivered yeah. into the opportunities that show up. And you having gone through it, you can connect with them so much better because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not just like theory. It's something you've had to put into practice. Right. That's why I was such a good music marketer because I was a musician myself. That's my degree, yeah. BM, Bachelor of yeah. Music. Yeah. And I can talk theory with you and I know what it's like to be on the road or play a show or freeze in front of a crowd. Yep. performance anxiety. <laughs> mm -hmm. exactly. I can get it, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think when we can have that empathy and understanding, I think that makes us so much better as humans, but also it's better for our businesses as well. Mm -hmm. But you said something else too that I, I think is part of the beauty of where you're at, man, is you're helping people market, you know? And as you were talking through that, like, okay, so COVID hits and, and I, coming from marketing and branding myself, I'm always interested when these like interesting life things happen, whether it's a pandemic or a tsunami or whatever it might be, is to kind of see how we in the Petri dish of life start to show up. And I yep. watched a lot of local businesses. So we live in a pretty small town here on the central coast of California, 50,000 population. So not big, but you know, large enough that, you know, it's interesting to watch the local news station and then see like the local ads and stuff show up for businesses. And I'm like, you know, like everywhere, our little corner of the world got hit pretty hard by this. We're surrounded by wineries. So oh, as yeah. soon as this happened, you know, everything went down. We're a tourism city. So everything went down. Right. But it was so interesting to see that some of these businesses figured out a way to tell different stories really quickly and to start to bring those stories live. And to start to show up in a way that said, we're going to make it through this. And I think with what yep. you're doing with the digital stuff and all this stuff, the more we can tap into our own talents and be an empathetic guide, ear, whatever you want to call it, support to other people, then that's part of what we're called here for. doesn't matter if you're a guy or not, but I wish more men would really get it that when this happens, this is happening for you for a reason because it's part of what you're meant to be here doing. I agree with that. I, I think there's opportunity in everything. I believe in looking for the good, even with things that are going now just around the country, there's yep. uh, you know, craziness, right? There's, there's yeah. rioting or looting or whatever, but you know, yeah. there, there are going to be good things that come of this. Mm -hmm. And even if it's like, hey, let's not do this again. Now we know right. how far we can push right. the gas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, don't, exactly. don't go that far, yeah. but there's good things to come of everything. Certainly the, the leadership we have in this country, a lot of people are frustrated by it, but let's look at the, the change that that leadership has brought in. Well, and, and look at the change of what it can do. It doesn't matter, you know, what side of the aisle you're on, what you're, it's like, we're all being challenged Yeah, to think, to think at, I was talking to my kids the other day and they're 21 and 25 and it's interesting to like listen to them and their perspective of what's going on because they're kind of like, okay, but we're kind of holding the bag on this now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so where do we go? And I'm like, well, you go where you feel called to go. I mean, just like I'm called to go, but yes, you're right. You know, God willing that you, we survive all through all this. Yes. Your generation is holding the bag for the next generation. That's the thing I think that's important for, you know, and I've talked to my daughters about that a couple of times. 
you are now holding the bag to pass on to the next generation. I'm, I'm in the handoff mode. My generation is starting to be in the handoff mode. And as much as right. I can, I want to hand off the right pieces of this. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not on my deathbed, but, you know, I'm 57 years old. So <laughs> right. I got a good another, hopefully, 30 years in me. But at some point, I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, good luck. <laughs> good <your> luck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. So what is the thing as we get ready to wrap it up here, man? I, I, I would just love to ask this one question about what do you feel like you've learned most about yourself as you've gone through like, Oh, I've been doing this since I was five to now. Oh, look, I have to really think about what the fuck I'm doing next. What's the thing you learned most about yourself through that? I think it's that I've got something within me. I think it's beyond just tenacity to keep moving mm. forward. But I, I think it's uh, trusting whatever that is within me that it's going to come out and that I'm going to be okay. And whatever happens, I could lose the house, mm -hmm. lose the wife, mm -hmm. lose everything. And I will be okay. I don't know what life would look like on the other side of that, but I would be okay. Um, even saying that it feels weird, right? Because it's like, oh, do, do you really know? I don't. I, but but how else can we live, right? If we if we live in fear, that's no way to live. And that's just the way that I choose to live. Um, I dated a born again Christian once, and I was not. And how we got connected, I don't have any idea. But I asked her, I go, "What happens when you die? And you find out this was not true." Right. And she said it was a good way to live. So. I, I took that to heart. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is a good way to live. Just to trust, to trust in people, mm -hmm. to trust in yourself, yep. to keep moving forward, wake up every day, do the best you can. And, and it sounds so trite, right? But, right. you know, I'm a 47-year-old guy. I'm not my 20s anymore, right? Right, <laughs> so, exactly. I'm not embarrassed to say that. that it, it comes down to simple things like that. That's, yeah. I think, what keeps me going. So. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up that word tenacity, and that's a word that doesn't get used a lot, but I've heard a whole lot more in the last few months. And somebody said to me the other day, I wonder what would happen if we lost our, our tenacity, or I wonder what would happen if we lost our courage, or I wonder if we lost our grit. And we just, and so we just started asking these questions. He said, like, yeah, what if we lost this? And, and we kind of got to the point of if we lost all of that, we would still keep going something would keep driving most of us. I don't think a whole lot of us are like, yeah, roll over, give up. There's there, whatever words and labels we're putting on any of this stuff that motivates us, inspires us, whatever the, they're just words. And while words are power, there's still something like if all that was gone, what would keep you going? Mm -hmm. And I think for most of us, whatever that is, I know for me, it's my, it's just my, it's my inner guttural intuition, like, go, just make it happen, man. Don't know what making it happen might look like today, but I'm at least going forward, you know? And I think that's an interesting space to play from. So um, I've never thought of it like that, but I love that because I've often thought about it. Like you see people, they're in prison or something with no hope of getting out. Mm -hmm. Like they've got some hope. I don't know what it is, but there's, yeah, there's something internal within us. And I think if mm -hmm. uh, we can channel into it, I, I find that really inspiring. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I had a chance to talk to a guy many years ago who had been in prison, wrongfully accused. 
and wasn't on a podcast this before I was doing podcast. And he actually was in one of my, he was in a coaching program with me and he was just an amazing guy. And I said, so I'm just curious, what kept you going knowing that you did not do what they accused and he was accused of rape. And I think he was even accused of, I think it was rape in second or third degree murder, something along those lines, because he wasn't the only one. There was like a, a pack of guys and he got wrongfully accused. And I said, what keep, kept you going for all those years? He said, well, I didn't get put on this earth to do anything, but keep going. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, okay, wow. I don't know if I could feel that way in, in that situation, but he goes, I wasn't put on this earth not to keep doing what I was doing. He goes, I just had to do it in a different space. And I thought that's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. That something yeah. within can take you there, you know? So. Yeah. There's that opportunity again, right? I think if you were to go to prison and I know a few people who have been, and you've got an opportunity to push forward and keep going, or you've got an opportunity to give up. So which one are you going to do? David, I'm so glad we got connected, man. Dude, it's this is great. Not, I've been listening for so long and you know, we got connected in kind of a roundabout way. And yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, why don't you come on? I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah I'll do it. I love what you do. I love that you do the stuff when helping podcasters and helping people get their stories and marketing and all that sort of stuff. And that you made a pivot when life said, okay, it's time to do that pivot because it just shows, I hope most of the guys that listen to this that are possibly facing this, take the pivot. Even if you don't know where you're going, go for it. Yeah. You know, it sounds kind of weird to say, even if you don't know where you're going, go for it. That's part of it. You got to get, you just got to start moving again. Yeah. And, well, it's like a tree. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time today. So mm -hmm. sooner the better on that pivot. If, if you think you're ready, I, I would suggest, you know, working in uh, music, I would run to people a lot of times. They're 56 years old. I'm, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to do it. It's like, well, Think of what you could have done if you jumped in 30, 40 years ago. Don't, See, I you know, get don't asked that question all the time. Yeah. It took you so long to come out of the closet. I said, nothing took me so long. It was just the right time. Yeah. So I mean, we could go off on all that too, but that, that's, it's a whole nother thing. Listen to the other podcasts, go listen to life on closet. You get all that stuff guys. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah. So cool. So thanks so much, man. Uh, let's give a shout out. Your website is. Yeah, the website, bigpodcast.com. And if you're interested in starting a podcast, that's the place to go. And uh, I think I don't think everybody needs to have a podcast, but more people need to have podcasts than do. Yeah, it's such a, it's a, such a great thing. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, how much business do you get from your podcast? I'm like, the exact amount I'm supposed to. Yeah. I love doing this. This is Well, you get to meet people, man, yes. you know? And I have fun doing this. This is like this is like my sanity break every week. It's like, oh, cool! I get to go record podcasts. You know, not that I don't love coaching my coaching people and writing and all that, but I love this piece because it's like I get to have pretty interesting conversations every right. week with people I don't. David and I didn't meet until today, and we still haven't met. We met virtually. That's it. So yeah, so we're yeah, people we're you would not have distance. met otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, well, when you come down to Nashville, I know you yeah, do some yeah. stuff with Grant Baldwin. He yeah. is right outside of Nashville, and yeah. let's hook up. I would love to get you down here. We're gonna have yeah. him speak at a local podcaster meetup here soon. I hope so. Cool. Uh, we'll awesome. get you down here to hang out with Grant, that and I'll great, I'll man. show up. 
Yeah. Awesome, buddy. All right. Well, go out there. Have a great day, everybody. And remember, there's nothing like being a guy over 40 because you got your best yet ahead of you. So take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back in just another week with another episode. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus real men, real talk where the conversations continue.